You're listening to Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas. Joining me now in studio is Carla Buertas. She is a criminologist that is employed at IRS Forensic Investigations. And the reason she's here today is because I'm very intrigued to understand why a youngster would want to now get involved with the investigation of crime. So, Carla, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. Carla, you joined IRS earlier this year. Uh, You have a degree in criminology. Firstly, what made you study criminology and sociology? First and foremost... um I've always been interested in crime. Obviously, as a kid, if you grow up, you're watching like CSI and things like that. And then it furthered into like the crime channel. And from there, I was really interested in gender-based violence and things like that. And, or let me say rather, I didn't want to go the route of the police force. I wanted to do something where I could feel like I'm making a difference because at the moment in our country... um, I don't think women are treated equally in the police force. Well, let's not talk about that. Let's first talk about gender-based violence as a whole. Gender-based violence towards women, femicide in South Africa is very high, as well as the so-called corrective rape of, of lesbians or bisexual women. I don't believe that that's getting the necessary attention from the state because it's not just a crime, it's a cultural shift in mind thinking. Yes, So what are your views on the current state of femicide in South Africa, corrective rape in South Africa, and the scourge of rape across the board? It's way too high. It's not taken seriously at all. Um, And we're not looking into it enough. We're not solving enough, and it's not getting reported. And in that regard, in the the re-victimization, when you do go as a woman and report the crime, you get laughed at or you get looked down at. And that's also culturally... You're not allowed to speak up about it. What what surprises me is that we still have this culture, and it's not a South African culture, it's a worldwide phenomena where they say she was looking for it. They talk about where she was, they talk about whether she consumed alcohol, and they talk about the way she was dressed. You never hear about a man being in the wrong place at the wrong time, a man consuming liquor, and the way a man is dressed. Why do you think women are re-victimized, and why do you think they get blamed for rape? Um, We're still living in a patriarchal society. That's about it. Um, Men are still respected more, and men are seen as they can fight it off. But if a woman fights, it's still, no, she still wanted it. She was too drunk to say no. Or she just didn't say no because she was too scared. So now your two majors were sociology and criminology. Yeah. In terms of sociology, you based your papers primarily on gender-based violence or on, on, on violence against women. Tell us a bit about that. Um, I did it uh, very Afrocentric. So I was looking in the South African context always. That's what I try to do. Um, and what I found, or through the research that we gathered the biggest problem we have in South Africa at large, and I think in Africa, is the cultural thing. And women aren't allowed to say something because they were rather taught to not. Because then not only are you a victim, but you're, in, you're making your family a victim. We had a situation where a group of taxi drivers stripped a woman who was wearing a mini skirt and beat her with shambox. I don't know if you know that particular story. I do, yeah. What are women doing in South Africa to stop this from happening? And are we seeing a change in mindset? Yes, I think we are. At the moment, what I'm seeing is a lot of the varsity culture. 
we're standing up in a generation. If you look at Fees Must Fall, that was the first time since apartheid a group of university's children or students, learners, have gotten together to make a difference. You're seeing it more and more now, the Tux-UP rape crisis that happened, where a, a group of six women got together, took off their shirts and said, we won't be silenced any longer. And it's being respected more and more and more in our generation. Um, there's a lot of uh, forums that people are talking in as well, anonymously coming out. Um, but I don't think a lot of girls know which way to turn. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Carla Buertis about the victimization of, of women who have already suffered a prejudice, be it rape, be it assault, be it corrective rape. And I also want to chat specifically about what corrective rape is and what we can do to prevent it. You're listening to Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas. We're chatting to Carla Buertis. Uh, she's a criminologist at IRS Forensic Investigations. She's a researcher there, and uh, she is completing her studies with IRS to become a fully-fledged financial crimes investigator. A little bit different to what you were majoring in, in terms of the, the, the direction you wanted to take. However, um, the prejudice of women and you've seen financial crimes, especially with dating scams, is still very prevalent. But before we went to break, we were talking about women being re-victimized and the scourge in South Africa of what's called corrective rape. Can you tell our listeners what is corrective rape? Corrective rape in South Africa, in the South African context, is um, a lesbian woman getting raped by a man to be straight. Which is quite a bizarre thing to say. Just hearing it from you. So a man takes it upon himself to correct a woman because he believes that her being a lesbian is wrong. Yes. And how prevalent is that in South Africa? More than I'd like it to be. I think more than anybody would like it to be. Um, in most communities it happens and it happens daily. Does it get reported? No. Why does it not get reported? There you are as a woman, a lesbian woman in in. An, an area where LGBTIQ communities are not seen. You can't speak about it. You don't exist. Now you're going to get raped to be straight, which is what the community says is right. And now you want to go and report it. All you would do is bring shame to your family in that sense, um, which is totally it like baffles the mind. And then you'll go to the police station and be victimized again. And they, they are oftentimes... You will be raped and then beaten in the police station because you tried to say something against the rapist. Carla, I'm, I'm, I'm completely taken aback. So what we're saying is, well, like we've heard of so-called honor killings where young Muslim women are killed in the Middle East because they brought shame on their family by, by choosing another man or perhaps having sex um, prior to marriage, etc. They are... They're in some cases stoned to death. You are telling me that in communities in South Africa, if a woman is gay, she brings shame and nobody cares that she gets raped supposedly to try to correct her. Definitely. How do we change this mindset? Education. That's where it starts. What would you do if you had a budget and you worked for government and you were told, 
communicate to the public at large why people can choose, why we have a constitution that allows for sexual orientation of any kind, why we have religious freedom in South Africa. So I give you an unlimited budget in government. What would you do? How would you communicate your message? You would have to start, for me, it's starting at the bottom. It's laying down a foundation. It's the same, you go to an ALO class in primary school. Why are we not speaking about sexual orientation there and safe sex in the LGBTIQ community as well because just from that you're learning about penetrative sex and that's the only thing you ever know I'm at a complete loss to understand why government isn't communicating we are so proud of having one of the most liberal constitutions in the world same sex marriages are recognized in South Africa the world has seen a phenomenal shift towards the recognition of, of the rights of people of other sexual orientation, although some very well-known first world countries are now fighting against that and trying to oppose that. And we've seen conservative judges being appointed to the highest courts in those particular lands. But for me as a South African who understands the Bill of Rights, understands the battle that we went through leading up to the 94 elections, and then of course our, our constitution coming about in 1996, which gave these rights I'm, I'm at a loss to understand why it isn't being communicated to the masses that people's rights to sexual orientation, religious freedom, etc. should be respected. What was it like for you coming out? For me, I'm very fortunate to be in a position where my friends around me were always there. I didn't have to come out to them. They just accepted it. But I see now going out to clubs or bars or anything, I'm not respected. Not just as a woman, because it's always been like that, but you kind of, you get used to it. You, you're not allowed to walk to the bathroom alone. You can't walk down the street alone. Now, even more so, I can't, like, hold my girlfriend's hand out unless I'm asking for it. And in that sense, it's boys coming up to me or men coming up to me, older men a lot of the time, asking about my sexual orientation, which, honestly, it's none of their business. But I'll tell them. But... When it leads to that, I become very – I'm getting put like against the wall in a place that I can't say anything else because here's an older man or just a man either sexualizing me or wanting to hurt me. Okay, so let me understand this. You young, you in your early 20s, and we in a brand new generation where we have a constitution – that was established 22 years ago in 1996. It recognizes everyone's right to choice. But you are still personally experiencing prejudice. Give me an example. Have you personally had one of these men approach you and ask you about your orientation and say to you, he can get you right? Numerous times. That is, that is unbelievable that in the context of, of, of our country and in the context of, of where we find ourselves, people are not accepting of others and still seem to find that it's wrong that somebody chooses to live their life. Yeah. What do you say to those men when they come up to you and they question your sexuality and they, they find it strange that you're sitting with a girl and not with a boy? I'm not scared to speak up, but that's just who I am. But I've seen other girls in positions where they are too afraid to speak up. And that's why I will, on my behalf, if I see that happen, speak up for them. All I can say is, honestly, it's not your business and you should probably walk away. We're going to take our last break of the day. When we come back, um, I'm, I'm hoping Carla has some organizations that you as listeners 
um, can perhaps approach or, or look up or Google that will be able to assist you in, in helping to understand the dilemma that people of other persuasions find themselves in. And most importantly, perhaps you have a child that's been bullied because of their sexual orientation, etc. And Carla will give us the advice that you can give your child or what resources there are for the, for the help that your child may need. You're listening to Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas. We're talking about another emotive subject, and that is the corrective rape that's taking place, the prejudice that is being shown towards people of of different sexual orientation or different persuasion, etc. And this is in direct contravention of our Bill of Rights in South Africa. It's in direct contravention of our Constitution, which is one of the most liberal in the world. We're a country that recognizes same-sex marriages, and we're a country that recognizes the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, and the freedom for you to be who you want to be. Um, Carla Burtis, who's joined us in studio, has given us her life story in terms of what she still experiences. When I say her life story, she is still young, but she's somebody that's young, that's come out, and is still experiencing prejudice at the hands of individuals that are bigoted. Um, any advice you can give our listeners who may, who may themselves be battling coming out, who may be afraid, and any organization that you can recommend our listeners can log on to for advice? Personally, for me, if you are battling with coming out, don't be scared of the time it takes. It can be lengthy or, or it can happen when you're young. Um, surround yourself by people who understand you and who you trust. And if, it's, if, if you're worried about a parent, ease them into it. Help them read things. Give them things to read. But don't push it in their face because it, it's... They don't understand, and that's it. It's not that they don't accept you or love you unconditionally. They just do not understand. Um, It takes time, and it's a hard journey to go through, but it's worth it at the end. And organizations that people can can approach for assistance? Um, Power, P-O-W-A, I would say is the best one at the moment, or Soul City. Well, that's great, and and I appreciate you you assisting our, our our listeners with regards to that because we're chatting today about the abuse of women, the abuse of people who have a different section sexual orientation. We're talking about corrective rape, but we started the show by saying it was great to have somebody young joining a a investigation team. Um, so let's change the subject ever so slightly, and in closing, let's ask: What have you learned about the criminal justice system now that you're actually working? in that environment as an investigator? It's a bit slow. <laughs> that That's true. <laughs> um, it's slow, but it gets there, and there are people in positions that do want to see change. In your opinion, are there still people within the law enforcement fraternity that will take a stand against other members who are re-victimizing victims? Yes, well, I think that's a great way to end the show because it's on a positive note and it shows us that, you know, no matter how dark it may seem, there is light. And if you have any problems and you want to chat, um, the two organizations that Carla recommended is Power, P-O-W-A, and the other is Soul City. Carla, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Chad. Only a pleasure. We hope to have mm-hmm. you back on the airwaves again soon.